Genre. Hi everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1991 live-action Ninja Turtles movie, one, I don't know, construction equipment lifting minute at a time. <laughs> I am your host, Scott Tofty, with me again here for minute number 42 are our co-hosts, Chris O'Connor, hey. Rachel Gatlin, hi, and Adam Sheehan. Hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Does anyone feel a profound sense of disappointment that we're coming down off of the uh, their babies minute? A little bit. Have one mm. of those in this minute? <laughs> yeah. Like we may have peaked. I'm not gonna lie. It could have happened. Could all be downhill from here. It could all yeah. be downhill from here. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> yeah. just quit. Bye, everybody. Good night. Bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> um, we've come, we did what we came here to do, and now we're gonna leave. <laughs> we came. We saw. We they're babied. <laughs> no, but this minute starts with uh, Shredder and Perry arguing in the foot warehouse, and it ends with uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. hanging out with a bunch of hoodlums down by Manhattan Bridge. Looking down in super out of place. Looking super out of place. So I guess let's talk about the beginning of this minute where uh, Shredder is trying to, you know, essentially murder Toka and Razor. He he doesn't like what he's seen. He doesn't like that they're babies, and he tells Tatsu. To make sure that the uh, they're they're taken care of, so to speak, Shredder's gonna kill some giant baby. How how, how would the uh, how would the teenage ninjas accomplish this? I mean, I don't know. Put them in the garage, leave the car running. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's essentially what happened at the end of the movie. That's really well done, there, Scott. You, you put some good thought into that. Well, way to go! I'll be sure to consult you for my future murders. <laughs> Tatsu's got such a weird look about him. In, in and what's wrong too. with his wrist? Yeah, like he's doing something with his wrist. He's got this like I don't remember when he thing. like slammed through that uh, that that sawhorse with his hand. Mm. That was like two <laughs> he days probably ago. Probably hurt himself. But he's got this this lip thing going on that looks like he's crying. Like I almost I almost hear the sound of a baby crying when I'm watching <laughs> this. <movie. laughs> I mean, Toshishiro Obata does somewhat resemble a large baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love, like a, I love him. I love him. Like a giant baby with a mustache. He, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I love him more now. <laughs> but he's very into the idea of getting rid of these two things. He does. He's an unhappy person. He's got a sour puss in this minute. Ooh, yeah, he's I, just I not into it. I don't have Snapchat, but if I did, I'd use that toddler filter that's been going around <laughs> social media <laughs> on uh, on Tatsu. <laughs> Tatsu I want to see what Tatsu looks like as a lady. With that filter. Does that mean I have to get Snapchat now? No, we don't need Snapchat. <laughs> We're 15 years too old for Snapchat. <laughs> oh, man. So Perry, to his credit, is actually like, wait, you can't just murder these things. You just made them. He's playing the role of ethical science guy. Jordan Perry science guy. Oh, now he's an ethical person? <laughs> well, I mean, after the years of dumping toxic waste into the ground, now he's like trying to make good for his his uh, his wrongs, you know? It's like, well, but these know, are God's he, creatures. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think he, well, he, he has no problem with, like, sort of tampering with life and, and making strange things, but, but he does draw the line at disposing of it. I right. mean, he did it under duress. Let's let's be fair. It's not like he chose to make them. 
No, but he was gonna he was gonna cover up the whole ooze thing a hundred percent. Like he was like, this can't get out. Like, yeah, we probably did a lot of irreversible damage to the earth, but we're not gonna let anyone know and we're just gonna <laughs> keep it under wraps. But as we far as we know, he didn't kill New any York anthropomorphized City. creatures. No, but you know, who knows what the kind of fallout from from such a such an incident could cause. There had to have been a few three eyed fish somewhere in that mm. pond behind TGRI. Or just like anyone drinking the water in New York City has lymphoma now. You know what I mean? Like Seems appropriate that we're having this conversation. We've been watching that Chernobyl miniseries. Yeah, which is probably why is I'm so good? fired up right now. It is good. It's very right. good. I should watch that. It is stressful. Yeah. So <laughs> Shredder almost walks somewhere in this minute. He they, they cut to him and he's over by the door. It's like he's finishing taking a step. Almost blows a hole in my theory that he doesn't ever walk anywhere in this film. <laughs> but it's not quite full steps, so I'm still safe. Uh, Perry gets up and he's like, you know, they, they might not be smart, but they're strong. So what are you going to do? Let's have him go lift some heavy machinery, shall we? I don't like the editing in this moment. Cause why we, we have this, this two shot of Perry and shredder and Perry's going, they might be intellectually inferior. And then we kind of pan over and cut to over Perry's shoulder. And yeah. The the two monsters are just already there picking up a piece of equipment, yeah, it, and then it zooms out, and there's Perry standing in a completely different place. Exactly, and he finishes the sentence. Yeah, it, it's it like, feels like like the the geography like just got completely screwed up when we weren't looking. But it's a, it's almost like he he went. They might be intellectually inferior, and then stop talking they took the monsters they they walked them over to this machine he showed them how to pick it up they started picking it up and then he finished his sentence <laughs> or there was a part of the sentence that just was in the middle there like they might be intellectually inferior but allow me to demonstrate <laughs> <laughs> but i have a theory yeah, I mean, we've noticed that a couple times in this film where the, the sort of spatial relationships between characters and objects kind of gets messed up in the editing process. Um, I chalk it up to probably, look, honestly, I would say people probably don't care a lot. Right. It was Ninja Turtles 2. They had done it once. They got lucky. They made a bunch of money. Uh, and then they're like, just throw another one of these out. It was the early 90s, and I don't think a lot of thought was given to making quality films for young people at this point. Right. It was, you did know? we get it? We got it. Good. Let's move on. Get it? Got it. Good. I don't get it. <laughs> that kind of filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and again, I'm assuming I could be wrong. We haven't had the chance to der- talk to at really any of the crew from this film, aside from Michel and Sisti. Uh, and, he, I mean, he seemed to even agree that, you know, while they were working hard on set, it was clearly a, a different agenda that they were going for with this one. There was just um, get through it. Yeah. Yeah. So Shredder walks a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> he got he over there get, somehow. Yeah, he, he takes like three steps into frame and then promptly plants his feet and poses. And then he gets really out of breath about it. There's another weird 180 cut. Where like he walks up next to Perry and then it cuts to them standing in opposite side. Like it cuts to the other side. Like it breaks that 180. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. It's awkward. Um, I like that it only took them lifting something up for him to be like, oh no, they're fine. <laughs> well, like that have him kill something or do a backflip or something. They literally it, just lifted Razor up a truck. Bent that pipe in half last minute. Like that wasn't enough. 
demonstration of their strength. Yeah, but that was Shredder's favorite pipe. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was that, that was pipey. Pipey. <laughs> Mr. Pipes. <laughs> Mr. Pipey. That was an expensive bong that he ruined. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do, in again, Frank Welker, all the credit in the world to Frank Welker for coming up with the Toko laugh. <laughs> that that cackly little laugh that Toko does when he puts down the, the truck there is pretty hilarious. The puppetry is great, too. Like, he closes his eyes when he laughs. And grabs his belly. <laughs> yeah, like you can't really smile with a puppet like that, but you can show that he's happy. I love right. that. It's good puppetry. So the next minute I have to talk about, because I posted this on our Instagram a little bit earlier this year, I think before that we even launched season two. Um, so th- this location, we're down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass, otherwise known as the neighborhood of Dumbo here in New York City. Clever, I know. Dumbo? Uh, so back in 1991. Why is it called Dumbo? Because it's down under the Manhattan Bridge oh. overpass. Oh. Yeah. No, it's actually called Dumbo. It's a real thing. Uh, and it's a pretty cute neighborhood now. In this movie, it's a whole bunch of dirt and some fences. But it's it's a pretty banging little neighborhood right now full of little shops and uh, storefronts and some waterfront park area type stuff. It's actually pretty impressive. I happened to find what I can assume is the exact spot that the cameras were mounted right here. And I actually took a picture of myself in this shot as uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. looks back over his shoulder. I'll post the picture in the Facebook group, but I found that exact location. Nice. It's amazing how different it looks now. Um, is there a Starbucks? There is actually, I don't think there is a Starbucks down there. There are a bunch of other coffee places and ah. uh, artisanal type things. Cause you know, New York City. Because we need coffee. Hipster Central. Is there a Carlos Bakery? There's not a Carlos Bakery, unfortunately, <laughs> Dumbo. There's also not a gang of ninja wannabes milling about <laughs> Sadly, I was looking for a gang of ninja wannabes and could not find them. What does happen down there is there is one road that when the sun sets, it sets perfectly. Like if you're looking down the street, there's buildings on your left and your right. And then right in the middle of the street, you see the arch from the Manhattan Bridge. And every once in a while, the sun sets right down through there, too. But that street is always mobbed with people getting out of their cars, taking pictures, just because literally the arches of the bridge are right down across, like straight through, like when you're looking at the street. It's yeah. amazing. These it's- guys look like they're trying out to be extras in the New Kids on the Block hanging tough video, don't they? With all the leather and the chains and the do rag. Well, there's, there's a lot of like, bandana action going they also on. Yeah. All look they look like they've Kino. got the right stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> Kino's the littlest dude. It's it's more it's more hanging tough than right stuff. But <laughs> thank you. I don't know. Some of reason. these guys are kind of close to my like everyday wear style. And kind of I, I don't know how please, to feel about that. Please be specific as to which ones you're referring to. Well, like the the bandana thing, I kinda have that going on. You don't have a leather jacket. I don't have a leather jacket. You need a Bret Hart jacket. That's what you need. I <laughs> have a couple leather jackets. Oh, hey, I need to get a new leather jacket. Um, I like guy in the cabbie hat with the cigarette hanging off his lip. He's clearly the most uh, vicious member of the Foot Clan. You know who he looks like? Guys. Almost exactly, like but grown up. You know in A Christmas Story, the little kid that follows Scott Farkas around? <laughs> his toady? Yes. Kind of? Looks oh, exactly yeah. like this dude. Yeah. Oh, you're kind of right. So this is Dewey Weber. 
He is known as the foot recruiter. Dewey Weber, who uh, was in Showgirls. Showgirls 2 was in Malcolm <laughs> that, in the that, Middle. That perennial classic. Wait, there's yeah, a Showgirls wow. 2? Uh, yeah, I think it was like a TV what? movie. You mean, and by TV, you mean uh, Cinemax. Or like a direct-to-DVD, yeah, something. It's called Pennies from Heaven. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm assuming there's a character named Penny in it. It's from 2011. <sighs> Penny is from Heaven. Ah, yeah. Oh, my God. It nice. took them till oh. 2011 to make a Showgirls 2? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, who, who was the director of that? Was that... Uh, Ver- was that Verhoeven? Of the first one? Yeah, the first one. I don't know. I don't think I ever looked up the credits of the movie Showgirls, but yes, it's German Paul Verhoeven. Get- Paul Verhoeven. Okay, yeah, yeah. So 2011, I wonder what was happening at that time and if he was desperate for money and just like, here, fine, you can have the Showgirl rights. Give me $50,000, please. I just remember when they would play it on VH1, they painted over all the boobs with like <laughs> bikinis. <laughs> Yes, that's true. That is a thing that happened. Could you imagine Uh, having that job? Painting over (laughs) boobs? No. Like, like I have to paint a bikini in like 17,000 frames. (laughs) Excuse me while I go rotoscope a bikini. Yeah, right? Like, I'd rather kill myself twice. Well, Foot Clan recruiter guy comes on over, and I, I love all the broken down cars in this scene. Like, it really, this neighborhood was apparently not great at one point. Um, and he just kind of saunters in all impressive and he says, okay, guys, and that's it. We don't know what he's here to do. We don't know what he's about to say. I only hope it has something to the effect of, uh, you know, do you want regular mental? Anything you want to do, do it. Couldn't we have just gotten Sam Rockwell for this part? Nah, he was busy. Do you think they asked him? Maybe. No. Was he busy by 1991? I, he probably wasn't actually busy, but I I, I'm, I would be so surprised if they thought to ask him. Yeah. Well, his character's got to be in jail, right? Uh, yeah. Just go down to the warehouse. It'll explain everything. Now, excuse me while I saunter away from this crime scene. Not so <laughs> fast, kid. Don't. Um, but that's that's kind of the end of the minute. We're getting into... I think what is my favorite storyline in this film, even though it is very much sequelitis, it's the Raphael breaking off uh, and sort of adopting Kino to do his his dirty deeds here. I, I sort of like where we're headed with this one. I like the Raph and Kino pairing and how Raph sort of learns about his foibles through uh, watching Kino's mistakes. It's a good B-plot. So it by, is. It's a solid B-plot. By 1991, Sam Rockwell was in a movie called Strictly Business. I feel like hmm. I remember that movie or remember the name of that movie. Yeah, I think his character by now was was serving like 123 different counts of contributing to the delinquency of minors. Mm. Petty larceny. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Sam Rockwell's an Academy Award winner now, so he can't be troubled with such things. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get him on the show. Can I would get kill to show? get Sam Rockwell to talk about Ninja Turtles. That would be so know, weird. It's funny, though. He wasn't really in anything that recognizable until 1996 when he was in Basquiat. And then, like... Galaxy Quest right after that, right? When, no, was, when was Safe Men? That was 98. Really? Yeah. So he was in a lot... Like, a lot of times he's just Thug or The Kid or Sonny. Like it wasn't until Safe Men where he's like they gave in him a, a last name. Well, 
No, he's just <laughs> Sam in that. But like that was his first recognizable critically recognizable book. Sorry, Adam just dropped a pen on the floor. I don't know if that got picked up. Rachel's been giving me angry it eyes did. this whole time because I keep playing with this pen. <laughs> I'm glad there's nobody um, around to give me angry eyes for all the things I play with. Whoa. Um. Anyway. Whoa. <laughs> what? My table is like covered in camera gear and I just keep fiddling with it. Oh, okay. But yeah, he was, in a, sure. he was a, a bit player in a lot of movies until... The late 90s is what my point is. Well, I think we could have gotten him for Turtles, too. I don't think they tried very hard. But, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, he, maybe. Conceivably, he, they could have gotten him. Yeah, they could have, because he really wasn't doing much, uh, uh, anything of note, that is, until the late 90s. Yeah. Well, listen, Sam Rockwell or no Sam Rockwell, I like where the movie's about to get headed. I'm very excited to get in the next few minutes with Mr. Justin Call from the band Downstate. You may recognize them as the uh, guys who do the theme music for a couple WWE superstars, most notably The Miz is one of them. Quiet uh, on the set. But Justin is going to be with us the next three minutes this week talking about some of these foot training scenes, which ought to be really exciting. I always liked them a lot. I tried to emulate them. We'll talk more about it when we come back tomorrow in uh, minute number 43. What do you guys say? Sound good? Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's good. All right. Hit us up at TMNT on all of the social medias. For the crew, I am Scott. That is Chris and Adam and Rachel. And we will say a goodbye. Bye. Bye. Cowabung bye. <laughs>